ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. So I'm probably wearing people out with the introduction because I can't uh, I can't seem to think of anything else when I sit down at this table in this booth and I look across the valley and uh, realize how beautiful it is here in Durango, man, at the Purgatory Resort uh, for this mountain archery fest shoot. One of the cool things about this, right, not just being around like-minded people or a weekend of archery, but being able to sit down walk around in the vendor's village, you know, meet folks, shake hands, and uh, talk about some new aerotech knology. Aerotech, um, phenomenal. I had a chance to shoot it. We cut this arrow, fit my bow. Messed around with weight a little bit. Um, I'm not gonna get too deep into that right now. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna start it off, I'm gonna preface it by saying, beyond impressed, what I saw in, in flight, uh, the rotation of the arrow. I mean, we talk about laser beams, and I'm anal, right? I'm anal with my arrow builds. This thing was phenomenal. So that was the preface. You take it away, introduce it yourself, introduce the company, and then we'll just get deep into Aerotech. This is Robert Eccles with Aerotech Archery. Uh, we started this arrow company in 2017. It was a project I started back in 06. Then we shelved it and then we kicked it off and we started talking about it again in 16. We have a proprietary technology. So this arrow build is so much different than any of our competitors. And there's a lot of technology that's went into this arrow. Um, the main thing is our spine consistency. So if a lot of people know about what goes on in the build of an arrow, there's a, what they call a spine line. And what that is, I guess the easiest way to say it over, over you know, radio is just roll a burrito and you got more more tortilla on one side than you do the other 
Well, that's the same principle with carbon arrows, how they're made. So at that point, they have to sand it down, you know, to get that arrow perfectly round. There's nothing wrong with it. That system's been working for, for forever, right. right, in the carbon business. But our, our system and our build, the way we do it, we don't have that spine line. So we don't have that heavy side. So our consistency in our spine is inside of 10,000s. So again, the non-visual, right? So my understanding of it is there's a mandrel and that carbon is a sheet and that carbon is wrapped. And then that next layer gets in, it's the same thing. And where that seam starts, you know, piece of fabric to piece of fabric for the non-visual, yep. as you wrap that, it hits the same spot. That's what gives us what we would consider the spine, the spine line. line, right? So not to confuse the spine of the arrow in terms of the stiffness of arrow, but that weighted line. That's what we're searching for when we're spining the arrow, trying to figure out where that is for that consistent build on that arrow. You know, Victory was smart in the sense that they actually started marking Mark on their arrow spine line because you guys are knock tuning and twisting their arrows. And, you know, that was that was a smart move because they understood the, the, the reason behind it. So but with our system, there's other technology that we have in this. Um, we have what they call the Magnus Effect technology, and that's on the outer edge of the arrow. And what that, or outer, outer um, on the outside of the arrow. So if anybody understands the concept of a golf ball and how a golf ball works, a golf ball, as it flies through the air, the air ch catches the surface of the outer part of that dimple. Okay, so that's where the pressure on that golf ball is at. Inside that dimple is what they call the Magnus effect. And that's where the, the air swirls, so there's no pressure in there. Well, we have that concept or that principle built into this arrow and there's 11% less air drag on the surface of our arrow. So it's it's not dimpled like a golf ball, but it has that, that technology in it. So that's so another, hence, another big advantage. Hence my yardage decrease at, with the same weight. With the same weight, I had to come down two yards for the same yard marker with what I'm shooting. That would lighten itself to that that's the reason for that um it's just gonna carry better downrange. so it, you know the the heavier the arrow i mean it just it carries that energy better downrange. there's a lot less pressure put on the surface of that arrow so you're reducing drag you're reducing drag yeah by 11 percent. so i mean that's like nascar picking up two percent horsepower that's a big deal yeah and so that, that that less pressure on the surface of that arrow is going to allow that arrow to carry better further farther and faster downrange and straighter you know, the, the more the more dimples in a golf ball, the straighter that ball is going to fly. Well, that that same principle is built into this arrow, this technology. So, how did you? And I know there's things you get that you can't disclose when you look at something on the surface. I want to build an arrow, right? Uh, this is what I want to do for whatever whatever crazy reason, right? Um, how do you how do you how do you come up with that? How do you step outside of the box and say, hey? This, we see this as an inherent problem in arrow builds. Um, is it something you fell on or is that something, you know, that's proprietary that you, you guys just brainstormed? How did that come about? Well, it is proprietary. Um, to put the disclaimer out there, I did not develop this. So it's not my, my development. Um, but as far as like the other, other brands, there wasn't, there wasn't an issue with any of the other arrows. You know, the, all the arrow companies, they make great arrows. They've been around forever. We just haven't had anything new, right? We haven't had anything um, updated as far as technology right. goes. So that's kind of what that's kind of what we're doing. We're coming to the forefront. Um, I know, just we're only three years old, and we're we're already 
starting to show up at the tournaments. Like we're 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 taking some titles. I mean, we don't have any pro shooters, so all of our shooters are just the the amateur shooters. But when you guys when you got guys that hit the podium and look at you and go, "What do I do? I've never done this before." And I said, just smile for the camera. You yeah, know, like that's all you can do. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm like, so the biggest takeaway that, that, that I'm getting from shooters, I'll, I'll ask them the question and I'll say, what's different with Aerotech versus what you were shooting before? And they said, all we did was change our arrows. You know, and I had a, a couple, two weeks ago, um, sent me a video, which was really neat. They just broke the state record, Indiana State. Both of them did, husband and wife. Right? I don't believe they're married. They both just took the state record and they won their the state championship. And she's shooting our Revolution, and then he's shooting our Vindicator 23 series. Wow. So, what? Uh, <clears throat> you, you talk about technology, right? And then one of the things you know to get that increased speed, less drag. One of the things that we've done over years in, in that realm is decrease the diameter of the shaft right gone with the right. micro diameters even now right um there's a little bit of sacrifice that comes along with those micro diameter shafts be it weight um be it you know the durability if you will of the arrow um you know how does how does arrow tech so this is the mt i believe is yeah this is the mt this is our 204 diameter series so how does that compare to like you know the micro shafts it seems like there's there's a bit uh, more arrow but achieving the same thing versus like a micro. So we have we have a 166. So I'll just run through them real quick. We have a 166, a 204, then our standard size. Then we jump up into the 23 series, and then we jump into the 27s for the guys who are shooting in book. Mm -hmm. Our our 166 series is not our technology. We haven't been able to perfect that arrow at the 166 level yet. But when we do, it's it's going to be money. Um, a lot of guys like the smaller diameter because they think it carries better in the wind, and it, and it does to a point. Um, I think energy-wise, you know, w as a hunter, you know, we want we want the best penetration, the best kinetic energy we can possibly get. There's a lot of guys that like the weight over speed, and then there's guys that like the speed over weight. I'm a, I myself am a weight guy, so my my theory is: Do you want to get hit with a 22 or a 45? Right, that's kind of my my thought process. Mm -hmm. So I my favorite my favorite arrow is our AK series. I just like weight and uh, that that lineup. Um, the 400 spine is 10 grains an inch. The 300 spine is 12 grains per inch. On these MTs that you're shooting, on the 300 spine they're 12.2. So a little bit heavier, <laughs> but they pack some heat. Yeah, and they carried down range well, didn't they? Oh my goodness, man! That was one of the things, right? So, and and folks that listen to me or listen to the podcast, they know like I'm not going to hoot and holler over anything. Like I won't do it if it doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. Sure. When when I took that thing out, right? I said, oh, let's you know make sure that that I'm going to be hitting a mark, right? Plus or minus a couple inches. So I went 20, 30, 40. Yeah, I'm hitting pretty good, right? I made a light adjustment at 40, and then I went out to 70. And the first thing that I noticed on every single yardage that I shot was the amount of rotation. It seemed like the rotation of the arrow, and it could have just been me. I don't know. The amount of rotation that I saw on the arrow as it was flying out the target, and it hold the line. Like, I want to say I'm shooting lasers with what I have, right? And especially out of my CT5, which is my long-range bow. I want to say I'm shooting lasers. Dude, I haven't shot a laser until... I, and, and 
again, not just hooping hollering. I met Robert two days ago. I wasn't shooting lasers until I shot this arrow out of my belt. It was it was that impressive. People are starting to find out. It was that impressive. They, they just have to shoot them. That's the key. I came back and I, I told these guys next to us, like, this is this is the deal. This is this is pretty freaking neat. Now, does the Magnus effect, does that technology have anything to do with the increased rotation? There's not a lot of offset in that vein. No, it's like a one and a half degree, yeah. I think. Maybe a, maybe a maybe two. Maybe a two? Maybe a two, yeah. So does that Magnus effect, does that have anything to do with that increased rotation? I know you can't see this on radio, but watch this arrow when it goes down. See it? Yeah. See it roll? Yeah. You do that to any other brand, and it just stays in one place. Look at that. So there's there's a lot of technology that went into this arrow, and you have to shoot it to understand it. It's not like every other arrow gun. So you know, so arrow builds are a big thing, right? And and there's so like you you said it. There's weight guys, there's speed guys, there's guys like me that want the balance between, right? Um, there's a trajectory that I like. I shot that same trajectory or speed for years. That's always my goal, right? So how do I balance to get to that goal? So with that is components. Um, so that on there is a 20 some odd grain. Insert. Yeah, this is a half in half out um, insert. It flares out to a five sixteenths. So pretty much fit every broadhead application that you can, you can think of. I know there's a few smaller sizes, but that, that works for us. A lot of, a lot of guys are really heavily into the heavy FOCs. Mm -hmm. Now, heavy FOC is good to a point. Um, and why I say good to a point is a lot of the arrows are stiff. So in a sense, what they're really doing is they're breaking down that stiff shaft to get that to get that right that right FOC for that right performance of that arrow. So I always tell guys it's not about the heavy FOC, it's about the right FOC. So you don't necessarily have to shoot you know, a lot of weight up front if it's if your arrow and your system is set up correctly because archery is a system within systems, right? You got your sight system, you got your rest system, you got your you know your arrow system, your broadheads, everything's a system, it all works together. So when you when you have that system put in place and it's and it's running on all cylinders, it's it doesn't have to be a heavy FOC. It just has to be the right FOC. Right. And everybody's gonna be different. Everybody's draw links are different, um, the different arrows. So there's a lot that goes into it. The beautiful, beautiful thing with this arrow, with the Aerotech arrow, is the spine consistency throughout that whole arrow. It's inside of 10,000s. It's tight. So what is that? <laughs> this always cracks me up, right? So what does that look like? What does 10,000s look like? You know what? I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> so when we look at, okay, so we look at uh, shaft straightness, right? We talk, you know, point. How about a calm day on the lake? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 0 0.06, 0 0.03, right? And then you got your, your 001s. Um, you're talking human hair, right? Less than a human hair. Um, so that spine consistency is right in that realm, less than a human hair. Um, that's pretty, pretty tight. Pretty tight, man. Pretty that's tight. that's the key in any arrow is the spine consistency the problem is it's easy to sell weight and straightness right that's the because everybody kind of understands that mm -hmm. but understanding spine consistency it confuses a lot of people so it's been a that's probably been our toughest message is trying to teach people about spine consistency once it but the key is shoot them once you shoot them you'll understand right away 
how different these arrows are. It's it's crazy. It, it, it's it took you one arrow. It took me times. one arrow, and I shot it. I probably shot a dozen times, right? But it didn't take me, but two, to be real, two shots, right? Twenty yards. It's hard to really hone in, right? You see your you see your your knock and your fletch, and then you don't, right? But as you start to stretch out distance. You know, when you get to that 70 yard mark and you're watching that thing and seeing if the right guy behind the bow and you're watching that thing and what it's doing all the way down range at that distance. I mean, it was impressive, man. And I, I you know, I don't want to hype it. Right. I don't want people to shoot it. I want people to get a hold of you That's guys and talk to you guys about That's it. That's the key is just shoot it. So how does how does this arrow technology we're seeing bows, right? And, and IBO speeds are one thing. Right. But those IBO speeds do translate down to us in terms of increase in speed how does how does this technology play into that increase in speed or you know energy efficiency behind the bow right we have bows that are touting mid 300 360s it's crazy i think psc has one now that's in the 390 is it 390 i think it's 390 i think is what Braden was saying so how does that translate in terms of speed uh when we look at the magnus technology well, again, it, it comes back to whatever your application is. So if you're you just if you look at the charts, the charts are going to tell you where where to land. So if you're looking at our chart for whatever, I'll say the MT, right? You look at our charts. Now, I, I've had a lot of discussions with different guys going, yeah, I was looking at the Eastern chart. And it says I need to be in a 340. I'm like, OK, cool. That's what you need to be in for Easton. Mm-hmm. What about? gold tip or what about you know black eagle you've got to look at their charts for their arrows and and a lot of guys think that one chart is going to fit everything everything and it doesn't so we have a we have a broader range for what our arrows fit um then and and we don't have to have and not to say that we won't have one later but we don't have to have a 340 or you know 330 or whatever some of these other companies have we don't need to do that because I think it just comes down to the consistency in that spine and how it's built and not having that spine line and how this arrow is put together the strength and durability in this arrow is unreal unreal we had a we had a company in uh back east did a uh, comparison test they got all the brands they shot shot the arrows into a cinder block wall 70 pound bow they matched the arrows to what they were shooting with each brand and we didn't just win, we blew the competition away. It literally pushed our insert in like an eighth of an inch. And we Which actually we really actually post that on our Facebook page. It's pinned to the top so you can sit there and watch that video. They showed all the components and all the pieces and parts of all the other brands. And it was, some brands even looked the same. Is that the arrow that's sitting up at the booth? Um, the one that's all No, that's another one. Okay. See, so that was another guy that hit, hit a rock or hit something just dead on and it just no he hit a steel plate i think he said and it just pushed that thing in about an eighth of an inch now will they break of course they'll break like carbon. I, I, yeah it's carbon and, and they do break i had a i had an animal roll over and it just snapped it off i mean it, it's gonna happen mm-hmm. but i'm not saying that they're not unbreakable because they are they're just super durable and you know one of the things that we had talked about was you know me building my arrows one of the the longest pieces of that process right is getting that spine understanding where my spine is at on my arrow um so my build is consistent right that 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 cock vein is in the same spot every single time on that arrow so i'm shooting you know what i thought was a laser beam until aerotech mt um 
that's the longest process for me, right? Sure. So to be able to pull that out, and it's, You're I don't want to say, it's, I, yeah, I don't want to say that it stresses me out, but I'm pretty anal, so I do get stressed about, you know, is it right, is it right, is it right? Um, so it's it's just, you know, check, double check, triple check, so it's consistent, right? right? I want to pull that arrow out and know that, hey, that thing is going to fly consistently every single time. Um, that eliminates that. Throw it in a, throw it a bathtub. It'll never land on the same place twice. Yeah, it'll never, it'll never hit. And then, you know, talking about the, the arrow that's up there and thinking about what you're saying and seeing how that... I don't even know what to call it. That split, right? Where where it impacted, you know, that that hard. You talking about the Robin Hood, that speed freak? No. The one oh, the other one with the all frayed. Oh, on the tip, yeah, right. yeah. Right. But when I look at that, there's it's consistent, right? It, it's it starts at the same point, and and everything is doing the same thing all the way out. If I if I had an arrow that you know went in my little elk in the backyard, if I shoot, you know, my my holdout spot or soft spot, it goes through. That arrow breaks differently every single time, right? Um, and it, it may break off to one side or the other. This thing was, I mean, you can see where it just pushed, the energy pushed straight back, and that, that thing just, it just basically unwrapped. Yeah. Um, that's pretty impressive to see that, knowing what, you know, what it took to do that um, and how much force it was able to take without just snapping off. Right. It, it almost seems, and maybe it's stupid, right? It almost seems like you have a fighting chance if you have that happen going through something. Um, well, when you're going through bone, you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna carry better. It's gonna have good energy. Now, I'm not I'm not by any means trying to put down any other aero companies because they're all they all have great products. Okay. I mean, look at Easton. You know, they're they're getting ready to have their hundred year anniversary. That's crazy. I mean, that's you know, how long is it gonna be before we can hit our hundred year anniversary, right. right? So that to me is just a, an amazing feat in the industry mm -hmm. to hit a hundred years. You know, well, it's a company. And I don't shoot them. This is the first time, you know, I've had a conversation we were talking about. I had a conversation with Shane when he started shooting them and then a little while after, but I don't shoot them. And I'm, you know, I sh I've been shooting the same thing for years. It's hard for me to pull off with what I know. Yeah. But when you, when you find something, you know, it's like a bow, right? I shot Matthews for however many years and I, I pulled back on the prime and I'm like, man, I like this. Shot it a couple more times. I'm in something else. It was better for me. Right. Um, that's why the there's thing. Ford and Chevy. Yeah, right. It's the same thing when you you know you find something, and and again, arrow, arrows just haven't, in my opinion, they haven't moved in terms of technology. As our as our bows have right. have gone from Hyundai's to Ferraris, <laughs> right? Um, and a lot of that is you know our finance, but w w nothing else has really kept up with it. Well, remember when you had to get a tall brace height on a bow? You had to get really, really long limbs, mm -hmm. right? So to get a seven or eight inch brace height, the bow was 40, 44 inches, right? And then all of a sudden, I, I honestly, I don't even know who, who started it. it Might have been Matthews. Um, they came out with that parallel limb design, yep. and that was a game changer because you got to remember when you're pulling a bow back back in the day, you're pulling the limbs back towards you, and then they just slam forward, right? But then when you shot that parallel limb bow, you know one limb's going down and one you know and then when they release they go opposite away from each other so it just deadened the feel there was no shock no vibration that was a that was an industry game changer yep. and now all the boat companies are running you know parallel Similar. to somewhat parallel to even beyond parallel so so it's you know it's technology evolves just 
now the arrows are yeah yeah they, and they need to right yep. they need to and then as and that's one of the things right as you see those ibo's increase in the tech and arrows increase you would or excuse me and bows increase you would think that arrows wouldn't be that far behind i mean outside of the man behind or woman behind the bow it, it's that's what's delivering our hit downfield right whether it's on target or especially on an animal we want the most efficient kill we can have and then a lot of that is in our arrows you know broadheads yep. that stuff out front so like i was saying earlier it's all about the system having the right system for what you're hunting so man just to uh flip it real quick we may have to change cards um all right so we had to bump for a second so robert's from california which is odd i don't you don't get many of us right um and then across paths at an event is even odder in colorado in colorado durango right? colorado yeah of all places so that's pretty cool we're so, sitting here at what 9600 feet or 9,000? 9, yeah 92 here in the quad that's why i'm breathing so hard i live at 300 feet <laughs> <laughs> we're 117 but i spent a lot of time on the mountain but it, it's i was telling the wife this is uh this one's been a little bit rough um <clears throat> being at 9,000 right off the bat and right. trying to do anything. I was feeling it, man. Well, I just drove straight here from London, Kentucky. So you that's not a high elevation. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got up here to Durango and was like, wow, yeah. I, I've been having a hard time breathing. I'm not yeah. going to lie. Yeah. You, when we ran that course yesterday, I felt it a little bit. Yeah. Where you really get it is a steep hill on a practice course. So our uh, California tags came out a couple days ago. Came out early. Yeah. And uh, you were... Grinning ear to ear and hooting and hollering. Oh, Thursday, man. huh? Yep. <laughs> My buddy sent me a, um, a text screenshot, and his wife drew the uh, muzzle loader tag for Bass Hill. That's awesome. She had three points. So there's going to be a lot of pissed off hunters yeah. out there. And then I'm like, so I jumped online real quick when I got here, and and it said, yes, I won. And I actually won the archery Bass Hill tag. So I was fortunate enough to get that awesome tag. So How long have you been trying? Um, well... The first time or the second time, I I ended up, went two years without getting points, and I lost all my points, so I had to start over. And now I had eight points when I drew this tag. And then a couple of friends I know, they drew it, but they had like 13 or 15 points. Mm -hmm. So I just got fortunate that I got it at eight, and I, I maybe I got that random tag, who right. knows. But I'll take it. I was I was so happy. But it, they weren't supposed to be out till next week, so they... They released it early. Did you yeah, draw anything? It, yeah, it killed my joy because, you know, that, that made me jump in there. And I hadn't got the email yet. And I 17 points. And I put in for that Lone Pine for that Thule uh, bull tag. And uh, no go, man. No? No. I. Oh. You know, it is what it is, right? It's part of that game. Um, but you would hope that when you're sitting that high that, uh, oh, five tags, right? I mean, that's the problem. Five tags and you got folks that are just starting to try. Sure. Or they're, you know, just point creep and then ah, it just sucks to see that. Um, but hearing you hoot and holler, I was hopeful. <laughs> but it's always but it's always cool, right? When when you're standing there and somebody gets that result. It's it's almost it's almost you're like happy for them. Well, no, but it's almost like you were there and they arrowed an animal or something, right? Because at home that's it's a big deal. It's a to big draw deal for tags. people to draw that in California. Yeah, yeah. it's it's getting harder so, and harder. Here's the mother load of all mother loads. I have a couple of uh, some of my staff shooters that live in Nevada. Uh, Sage, he called me and said, hey, did you get your 
did you did you draw and i said well they're not out yet and he goes no they're out he goes check your check your setup and so i didn't draw nevada i'm like i didn't draw and i said did you draw and he says yeah i said what'd you draw and he goes i drew seven the one that you wanted he goes but i also drew a sheep tag oh shoot i'm like really and he's like yeah so he calls his buddy who he hunts with and his brother and his dad said hey check your results the, the results are in all four of them drew sheep tags every single one and they put in for different zones that's crazy one of the guys drew a bear tag um they drew it i think say i think even sage drew an antelope tag but he turned it back in and he just not gonna have time right but could you imagine i think they drew well there's three different species in nevada for sheep mm -hmm. and they drew all three species and one of them was a double that's crazy it's like I wonder if that has anything. I mean, Nevada is not an easy. Like, who do you know? <laughs> well, Nevada is not an easy state to draw, right? I no, mean, it's, it's pretty not. difficult. So I think that that in itself keeps a lot of folks at bay, because um, I, I think people, hopefully, people are starting to get wise that you know you're putting into something that you're never going to see, and if you do that for you know ten years, we're we're not spring chickens, mm -mm. right? So it's like at some point you just got to cut your losses and start chasing the stuff that you can, you can get in after. on, yeah. And I think, you know, at least my opinion of it is I think people are starting to realize that their chances are slim to none. Nevada is already difficult. So I think a lot of those guys, men are there that have been playing the game for a while are going to, you know, they're going to be smiling over the next few years. Oh, yeah. And then it'll go back in that cycle. It'll get everybody else hopeful. Right. right? And then it'll dump out again and nobody's going to get nothing and everybody will be pissing and moaning. And then it'll go back in that cycle. That's pretty awesome, though, man. You imagine, and you know those guys are going to hunt together. Yeah. So they're going to be involved in three. The good three news are, is it's the, the seasons are spread out. And some of them are rifle tags. And then I think one is a bow tag, which is something new for Nevada, I understand. Mm. Yeah. Lucky. Awesome. Lucky. Heck, yeah. I mean, th four sheep tags. That's crazy. Have and a bear in, tag. Have you put in for sheep at home? I have not. No. I've just been putting in for points, trying to rack up the points. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, most of those guys that are hunting at home. I mean, there's a couple lucky, lucky suckers, but most of those guys, man, they're like I've been doing this for twenty some odd years. Well, I like I said, I I went a year or two without putting in, and I didn't get the get the, get points, the points I needed, and so I lost all those points I accumulated, and so I had to start over, and then that's so I just been buying the points, and you know each year just get the point, get the point, get the point. This year, I put in for Nevada, Idaho, and California, and I did not draw Nevada. I found out I drew California and now I'm waiting on Idaho to see if I drew and they're all mule deer tags. And I did the late November hunts this year. So is that your gig? Is, is I love mule deer. Yeah. Yeah. It's believe it or not, I've yet to kill that monster mule deer. And it's not because I'm not getting into them. I'm getting into them. It's just been my Achilles heel. That, but they're it's monsters just, for a reason. Right. <laughs> and it just, what it, I've been bow hunting for what, 36 years with the exception of last year because of a shoulder injury. And it just, it's eluded me, my whole bow hunting career. And I mean, I've killed small bucks, but nothing of, you know, we all had, we all search for that trophy. Right. And so I'm hoping this is my year. I mean, with the, with the tag that I drew in California, the chances are really high. That's a good and tag. And then with Nevada or excuse me, uh, Idaho, I'm waiting on that tag. So we'll see if I drew, the, if I draw that tag and the California, it's going to be. Awesome. That'll be a stellar season. Any elk in your life? Used to. Yeah, I hunted elk for 15, 18 years straight. Yeah, I used to go to Idaho and spend a month up there. Used to How do you how do you pull off an elk? You mean getting a tag? No, no. How do you how do you how do you have something draw you away for cuz for me, I man, I eat, sleep, drink, Mule deer. breathe. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's mine. Well, that, you know, it, it's either high country mule deer guys yep. or hardcore goat or sheep guys. Right. That's the only guys that you talk. Everybody else, man, you know, if you're, if you're that, that low mountain deer guy, it's just filling, you know, it's, it's a filling a tag, filling a tag or a, a space filler in seasons, if you will. But man, I can't get enough of the Wapiti, man. That's amazing. I loved animal. elk hunting. Elk hunting's a lot of fun. And I, and I, when I would spend a month up in Idaho, I got to experience the before, middle, and after of mm -hmm. the rut hunt, pre-rut, post-rut. And it was, it was just very interesting to learn the different languages during that 30-day period. Yes, sir. And it was, it was a lot of fun. You know, I never came. I wasn't always successful, but I at least, you know, I'd come home with cows or, you know, whatever. But Some more knowledge. Yeah, and a lot more knowledge. Yeah. And then <clears throat> it's kind of funny. I was, I'd fill out a job application years ago and, you know, ask what languages you speak. And I put elk and turkey on there. And it was kind of a, it was a chuckle during the interview, but <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I speak that language. There's a, there's a lot to be said about, you know, and then my last couple of years have been that way. Last year we did 23 days on the mountain. There's a lot to be said in terms of that knowledge you bring back sure. with that amount of time, right? As we go out in a week, you know, the average guy, and I've been there, I'm sure you have, oh, yeah. you go out in a week, you're not really taking it in like you should be right because you're so mission focused right it's this is what i know this is what i'm doing and that's what you're doing huge difference right but when you're out there you know 10 15 20 30 days you get beat down so much and then you have that one success from that one tweak from the beat down and the light just starts to come on and unfortunately the light typically comes on postseason when you get home at least for me right mm -hmm. i was sitting on the couch and i started having my epiphanies <laughs> dang it dang it but it, it's amazing what spending that amount of time in the woods with that animal does to you man it, it's just something else in terms of well in terms of everything right the mental the, the, the way you feel as a person when you come out of the woods for that long but the knowledge that you bring back for your next season is man it's absolutely just gets remarkable. better and better Oh, it's remarkable, man. Elk hunting's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work, too. Yeah. That's... Work really begins when it hits the ground. No, it's part of the allure of it, though, too. It right? is. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, what I call the sex appeal of elk, right, with the screaming bulls. And, and that stuff is, in my opinion, at least where I've been hunting, it's few and far between now. Um, we know you're looking at a OTC unit. You're not see, you're not hearing those bulls screaming, right? The pressure just keeps them down. Um but man, oh man, that the sex appeal part of it is something else. To have that bull screaming, I don't care if it's from a half mile away. Yeah. When you hear it, it's always the same response. Just something about that sound in the woods. Between It's like turkey hunting, same thing. You hear that gobble, it's just that sound. And that elk bugle is, there's nothing in the world like it. You know, you, you made some, you're gonna have like at least seven or eight guys going, man, they start talking about turkey and when people liken it to elk hunting, oh man, folks go. Nuts. Oh, they lose their minds. <laughs> the elk, I call them the elk bird now. The elk bird. It, dude, people get. Uh, but you know it, what? It's it's if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. Yeah. But it's the it's not comparing elk to turkey. It's just it's a vocal thing, right? Yep. And not every animal is a vocal thing like elk or mm -hmm. like turkey. So I mean, yeah, you're grunting some deer and. And that's, but it's something special it's about being able about, to talk to them. Man. Yeah, it's different with elk and, yeah. and, and turkeys. But. Yeah, something something about talking to them and and getting into their social right, getting into their realm to get them not just you know not just hey I see 
again, not belittling it, but you know, mule deer. Oh, there's a mule deer. Let me sneak in on them. No, this I'm trying to outwit you on your level. Yep. That, you're in their, you're in their backyard. Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna outwit you with your talk. That that to me is just uh, that's special, right. right? You can't do that. Most animals, like you said, elk and turkey. I mean, where else? Moose a little bit, right? Um, but that's just a goofy sound. It don't take no skill for that. <laughs> so, man, um, let folks know where they can find Aerotech, um, how to get a hold of you guys for questions. So uh, we're new at getting into the stores. We have, I think, nine stores currently across the country. Um, we were in a position last year to start introducing it to stores. And then, of course, the COVID crisis and kind of put us on the back burner. But um, we're in about nine stores, but if you want to go on our online, you could go to aerotecharchery.com and you can just order right there online. Look at our charts, figure out what you want and go from there. That's the razor folks. We're sitting here. We are at the <laughs> archery shoot. So we have razors and folks walking by, walking by. Yeah. But yeah, aerotecharchery.com real simple. Or you can catch us at some of these events. Yeah. There you we're going to be at three of the mountain archery fest events this year. We have, we have a pretty, pretty rigorous schedule. I've been on the road for quite a while. I told my wife she's not going to see me for two months straight, but she gets it. So with that, with that travel around, is there is there opportunities for folks to catch up with you? Oh yeah, places and oh, see yeah. that. So how's that look? It's you know I'm my like from here I leave and I go to uh, Metropolis, Illinois. We've got a weekend in between. Do a little R and R on back east, but I'm going to go to Metropolis too. I think it's the fourth leg of the ASA. And then I've had people stop me, you know, at the gas station. Hey, you know, can I get some arrows? Yeah, no problem. No, that's cool. <laughs> you know, because we keep a, you know, a big selection with us. So yeah, we're small. We're not big. You know, it's, but that's where it starts. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing we didn't touch on, uh, and we'll have to do a follow-up, right? We sit down and really get into it. Sure. Um, these are quick and you got the booth, but um, it is cool, man. Well, I appreciate the time. That um, was fun. Yeah. Thanks for stepping away from the booth and, uh, I'm going to have fun shooting these. We're going to get back over there. There's a line of people. Yeah. We'll get back <laughs> over there and I'm going to get some and we'll get, I'll take uh, this one with me and I'll, what do you want a dozen? Yeah. All right. We'll get I'll them put down. them together. We'll get them down range this season, man. And yeah, I'm excited. So you said you didn't draw any tags. Did you put in for out of state? I put in for Wyoming. That was my, that was my go-to. I was certain I was going to get in Wyoming. Didn't get in Wyoming. I was planning, if I got my elk tag, I was going to use my uh, deer points and my antelope points. That didn't happen, so I'm going to save those. I did have a backup plan for Colorado. I drew a bull tag in 71. Okay, cool. Missed my elk tag at home, but pulled. Well, I didn't. I went basically OTC at home, which I typically do because I like the longer season at home. Right. So I did uh, the D11, which is an okay tag, uh, but it gives me D11, 13, 15. And then I do the A31 hunt, which is archery only, either sex. And it takes me from uh, October all the way through December 31st. So we don't have those hunts up north. Yeah. So it, it, that one's nice because it's about time in the woods. Right? So you get to fling these at a few, few critters this year. Then. Yes, sir. Yes, right. sir. Absolutely. So we'll uh, get it rolling. But Sounds I good. appreciate it, man. Thanks, Sounds Robert. Good. You bet. Thank you for listening. Follow Western Contours on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, and sign up at westerncontours.com. Episodes are available on most major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.